Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Hi, welcome to Solo BG. My name is Derek. And today's episode, or tonight, or this evening, like I always mention, because I don't know where you're listening around the world, or which time zone it is, or if it's morning, you're driving to work, or you're driving to school, or if it's afternoon, you're coming back from work or school, or if it's, uh, you know, during the night or the evening, and you're actually probably enjoying your dinner, listening to a good podcast, like Solo BG, of course, or, uh, you know, if you work night shift, or you go on to, you know, in some countries, they go to school nights, too. Or college, so wherever you are and whatever the time of the day or the night it is, welcome to Solo BG Podcast. As you know, this podcast is focused in solo and cooperative games or in games that they're competitive but also had a variant, either official or not official, about solo rules or for solo players. So on today's or tonight or this episode, It's going to be about a very interesting game, an interesting game that I was looking forward to try, that it really surprised me more. So I was expecting, let's say, uh, let's just put it like more graphically, I was expecting like a level 10 for this game, and for me, it went above, above 10. So it really surprised me. It's a very good game. Uh, it's designed by uh, Daniel Tassini. I, I hope I pronounced it right. And it has a solo mode that is designed by David Turksey. Um, now, it is, these are the same designers of the game Solkin also, uh, which is a competitive game, kind of work placement, uh, that is a very good, had a great re reviews, and it's also a very fun game. But I'm talking about, in this uh, occasion, about Teotihuacan, City of Gods. Now, I like to say it Teotihuacan, because as I have said on, re on past episodes, I'm sorry, Uh, I'm, a, I'm originally from Mexico. Currently, I live in the United States in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, home of the Gen Con. But I'm originally from Mexico, so the correct name for this game is Teotihuacan. But it's very funny and completely understandable, just as I mess it up with a lot of names, even in English or other languages. Uh, it's funny to hear in, in around uh, you know, the reviews and, and other podcasts or another uh, YouTube channels when people call it uh, Teotihuacan, Teotihuacan. Turiwakan, like different kind of names. So I just wanted to make sure that we're talking about the same gear, same game here. So I'm talking about Teotihuacan City of God, and it's published uh, by NSKN Games. Even like me, you know, like <laughs> talking in English, I mess it up a lot. Anyway, before we start the show, let me tell you what I've been playing recently because I've been enjoying a lot of games that some of them I've been joining more than others, but I've been having fun. And the important thing, you know, is also... I guess, to bring games to the table and, you know, be able to, to roll some dice. Anyway, as always, I've been playing Imperial Assault, one of my favorite games of this year with the solo variant and all that stuff. You hear it every time, I guess, for the last five episodes. Also, I've been playing Teotihuacan City of Gods, which is the one that we will be talking about today. Um, the X-Files Legendary, uh, Thanos Rising, and also I've been playing Megaland, which I was surprised of how good it is. Uh, my friend Jonathan, he bought the game. He got a copy, I believe, from... You can find this game in Target or Amazon or wherever. It's like a mass market uh, game. And Megaland is by the same designers that they make near and far and above and below. has very similar graphics to those games. 
And it really surprised me because it's a very good game. It's a competitive, but it has a solo variant, unofficial solo variant on Board Game Geek. So, you know, if you haven't played this game, it's like, you you know, you, you all have your characters and you're jumping into kind of an adventure and you push your luck to see what uh, enemies you will be facing every time that you're, you know, trying to advance on the stage, on the adventure. But every time that you decide to advance, you also get a reward or a treasure. And with those treasures, you can buy uh, certain abilities, certain cards, or you can get money. And whoever has the more money, uh, whoever reaches the 20 or more money triggers the end of the game. And whoever has the the more uh, coins or money, again, wins the game. So it's a very nice game, and I'm looking forward to try the solo variant. I was surprised with this game, honestly, because every time that I, you know, here that I go to Target, let's let's call it, and uh, you know that you know my wife is buying groceries or whatever, um, you know, I always go ex- directly to the game board sections, and I have seen this game uh, very often there. But I haven't. I didn't buy a copy because well, I thought like well, probably it's not too good or or so forth. Like I said, my friend Jonathan got it and really surprised me. It's a very good game. You should try it. I'm talking about Megaland. Also, uh, I try a game from my friend Caleb. He recently showed me. There's a series of games that they're like in a tiny, tiny, tiny small box, and it comes like very uh, tiny and slim cards. Very, you know, unique, I guess, and very easy to carry on your pack or on your even on your bags, on your jeans or pants. So I'm talking about uh, the call that the, the name of this game it's called Dig, and he showed me two games, the uh, Boss and Dig. And this na- this game of Dig is like you're laying cards and you are a dog and you're trying to find bones and then bring those bones to the to the plate. And it was it was fun, you know. It's a quick game, probably five ten minutes, and it's fun. It's very easy to carry. Like I said, like I mentioned before, you want to go to a restaurant or those are the ideal games for planes uh, because you don't roll dice, you don't draw cards, you just Lay out the cards, like the line of the cards, trying to find the, the bones and then put them back on the plate. So they're fun. Uh, also, I play for the first time. Probably a lot of you have played these games a lot in different versions. But I just recently played for the first time a Munchkin game. And it was the X-Men um, version. And I enjoy it. I can see why a lot of people, every time that you talk about Munchkin, they even make jokes about it. Or they don't like Munchkin. Munchkin, I'm sorry. I guess that's the way to pronounce it. Munchkin. Yeah, there you go. Um, but I enjoy it. The only part that I didn't enjoy, and I get it, and I hear this very often, is, uh, you know, the the little goof parts. Like, the, let's say some card will say, like, okay, uh, you will, you're will you facing this enemy on the X-Men universe. And it says, well, this enemy has a power or a level of 12. But for every electronic device on the table, this enemy has a plus 3 power. So it was funny because it was my turn actually, and I was trying to feed the, uh, defeat this guy, and I had the enough points to defeat him. But then I had my cell phone on the on the tabletop, uh, also Caleb and Jonathan, so that add, that added like probably nine points more to the enemy, and he destroyed me. Or things like, okay, uh, this enemy level is twelve, but if you have for every person that has the uh, red color of hair, I guess uh, you know this this particular. Uh, enemy has now a plus nine or things like that i mean i think it's fine to play it once but then when you play it again you will find the same jokes or you will know what to expect so next time if we play let's say i won't have myself on the table so i didn't like i don't know it's it's fun you know drawing the card and trying to get the points and trying to defeat the guys but you know i didn't find it so fun so i mean it's it's okay so that was uh munchkin the x-men version i also play uh avis recently I really enjoy it. Uh, I'm looking for. I don't have a copy myself. One of my friends got the copy, and we play it at his house. And I had a, I had fun. You know, I, it's another game that I'm looking forward 
to get a copy for myself and get the expansions. Also, I play Century Golem Edition, another kind of competitive game. Uh, Camel Up, very funny, you know, racing, camels racing. Uh, those are very famous games that I've been playing recently. And also, I play the Networks. My friend Caleb got a copy recently, and we played the Networks, and it was fun as well. It wasn't like my theme to go, but, you know, I'm willing to try it again and probably give another uh, review to that game. Basically, if you have podcasting network and you're getting like TV shows in different uh, times, like 8, 9, and 10 p.m., so you're trying to get, you know, the good actors, some sponsors, and the the show, and the show will advance through seasons, and uh, the footage that goes in season, it could happen that it will give you more victory points or more watchers to your show, or uh, the opposite, as it keeps going with seasons, your viewers... Uh, get uh, lower and you get less victory points and at the end whoever has more victory points based on ratings i guess or viewers uh, is the winner of the game it's a cool game it has different mechanics that i haven't seen before but you know it's 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 a good game um, i'm willing to try it again once again but tonight like i mentioned before we're going to talk about teotihuacan city of god once again published by nskn games and is the by designed by daniel tassini and the solo mode is by David Turksey. Uh, once again, I hope I mentioned it okay. And let's see how the game looks in the box and cover section. Box and cover. So now let's start with the box and cover uh, section of the show. Like always, I have the box here. And I'm going to open it. You can hear probably uh, moving the things around the box. And I'm going to open it here in front of you. But anyway, uh, the first, the cover, it's beautiful, beautiful art. You have like, a, you know, like an Aztec uh, pyramid. I don't know if it's the, the sun pyramid or, or the moon pyramid. Because fun fact, or I guess, I don't know if it's a fun fact or not, but like for learning, you know, I guess. Uh, recently, I was in Teotihuacan, in the actual place in Mexico City. Well, outside of the Mexico City. And the main two uh, pyramids is the sun and the moon, which is in Spanish, sol y luna. Anyway, I don't know which one it is, but the one in the main cover, but, you know, it looks nice. And then you have on your left, on the bottom left, you have like a couple of Aztecs, I guess, like, you know, like they're like very wise men, like taking notes and, and uh, you know, seeing the hor horizon with the pyramids and, you know, like, you know, like working around how they're going to develop all the city. And also you have on the other corner, on the bottom right, uh, another couple trying to create artifacts, you know, because I will talk about the mechanics of the game, but it's the, the graphic or the designs on the main cover, it actually tells you or explains you or it correlates with how the game plays in certain phases and in certain actions. So I like that. And then on the pyramid, you have tons and tons of people that are working around the pyramid. Once again, very related with the gameplay. And you have the other pyramids or the other temples surrounding the main one uh and a bunch of people like i said but the art is beautiful and it says teotihuacan city of gods like i said designed by daniel tassini on the on the top i'm sorry and then it tells you that the solo mode is by david turksy and the publisher is nskn games then on the side it tells you uh, the same information now with another view of the city which is beautiful more temples and then it tells you that it plays one to four players 14 year plus i totally agree with the 14 year plus um, it's not an easy game. It will take you a few rounds to understand. At least it took, it took me a few rounds to understand everything, but there's a lot going on and the game has a lot of replayability because the board, it will be changing. So I do agree with the 14 plus. 
90 to 120 minutes. Yes, I agree as well. Um, the first time it will take a little bit longer, but then it will it will be very uh, very appropriate to that time uh, frame. And then on the back, it tells you a whole whole description about the game, which um, is very very interesting to read. And then you have the board. It has a, a layout of the board and the different boards that will add that replayability to the main one. You also have another graphic of the pyramid or a temple that you won't find behind or in the backside of those boards that you will use to, um, you know, to change the replayability. Also, you can uh, see the game played and learn the rules. And it has been awarded by Man vs. the Meeple Masterpiece. Man vs. the Meeple, I'm pretty sure you know who it is, but if you haven't had a chance, go to YouTube, Man vs. the Meeple. Very nice YouTube channel, very, very nice reviews, very nice gameplays. And then it tells you the components of the game. Um, and once again, the publisher and the year, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the year that is recommended to the players, like 14 plus, like I mentioned, 1 to 4, 90 to 120 minutes. So that's what it is with the box and cover. Now, let me move it again. Let's take a look what is inside the box. Inside the box. Okay, so now we open the game and we are actually inside the box. So we have first, the, I will be moving here around things because the box is kind of heavy. But then anyway, we like to give you that perspective. Like if you were here with me sitting by my side and opening the game and on the tabletop and everything. So we have the Tiwakan City of God rules of play. Very nice. The same graphics that you had on the box. And this is, uh, let me see how many pages I will tell you right now. This is, uh, let's see, 24 double-sided pages rulebook. And it gives you all the information for the game. It's a very nice rulebook, actually, for the complexity of the games. It explains you all the symbols. This game is full of symbols. All the symbols, what they mean, the actions, the terms. And everything you need to know about the game, it comes here in the rulebook. And if not, as always, you can refer to Board Game Geek, and there's always in the forums there the information for the games. Now, the components that you will find inside the box is the main board. It's a big main board, very colorful, with the main uh, temple or the main pyramid in the, in the center. And then you have all these different pyramids or temples surrounding. Actually, you will have... Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pyramids or eight temples surrounding the big pyramid. Also, you will have three tracks that they will be giving you rewards as you're advancing on a different temple. And also you have the Valley of the Dead, uh, which your characters will be dying. But it's, it's a good thing they die because they will give you victory points and then bring a young worker and stuff happens. I will explain it on the, on the, on the gameplay section. So and then you have six action boards, which those ones... At uh, the time of the setup, every time the board will be different, and that will give you a lot of replayability. You also have, uh, you know, the different, like I said, the boards, the different, you have 15 decoration tiles that they will go in the pyramid, 54 discovery tiles, uh, 9 technology tiles, 18 starting tiles, 9 royal tiles, um, 7 temple tiles, of course, 2 calendar discs, 1 dark and 1 light, they represent the sun and the moon, and 11 buildings, also wooden. Uh, you have 32 pyramid tiles. Those are not cardboard. Those are good. Um, four player uh, order token tiles. <laughs> player components in four color. Four dice representing the workers. Uh, 12 wooden discs. Six technology markers. And six track markers. Different colors. The player color token. Um, the resources. The main resource for this game is going to be uh, 
well, they call it cocoa or cacao, better said. Uh, but that's like the main resource of the game or the, you know, how you, what you're going to be paying with and what you're going to be receiving with also to feed your, your workers. Also, then you, it includes this one I like. 60 resources, 20 wood, 20 stone, 20 gold. Everything is wood token, which I, I love. You know I love wooden token. Uh, four multiple tokens. And that's all the components that you will have inside the box of Teotihuacan City of Gods. Now that we took a look inside the box, let's see how the game plays. I will try to make it easy. It's not an easy game, but I will explain you briefly in an overview how the game goes. So let's see how the game plays. Gameplay. Okay, so now we are in the gameplay section of the show about Teotihuacan City of Gods. And uh, on your turn, basically, you will take a normal turn or you can unlock all your lock uh, dice or workers. I will explain how that works. So when you take a normal turn, you can have you have usually three options. You can either collect cocoa or cacao. Uh, you can either uh, also worship the gods, or you can perform the main action depend on the temple that you are. So how it's gonna work is like on the setup on the rulebook, it will tell you in which particular uh, temple you start, or you draw certain cards, certain tiles. Better, you will draw four tiles, and then you will choose two to keep. And those two will tell you where you can start. They will give you option. Let's say like the first tile that you want to keep, it gives you uh, the option of four and six. And the other one gives you, um, I don't know, five and eight. So from those four uh, areas, you will choose three areas when you, where your dice is going to start. And also on those tiles, you will get certain rewards. Like one could be like, okay, this give you any two resources that you want. So you can choose one wood and one iron or one metal, I'm sorry, and or stone. And, uh, or you can choose gold and, and cacao or cocoa and so forth. So, and the other ones will be like, well, this ability gives you an already a technology tile. So you can place one of your discs on the technology tile area. And those technology tiles will trigger every time that you do the main action or you cross to a certain temple and things like that. So you will pick from those four that you draw at the beginning of the game, you will pick two and you will select where you start. And basically in the temple that you start, you're going to be moving clockwise uh, your dice, which is your worker, and it's gonna, it can advance up to three up to three temples clockwise always. You cannot go back. It needs to go clockwise. And then every time that you take a main action, you, your dice will start at number one. So every time that you take a main action on a temple, your dice will evolve to number two, and that means that your worker has more knowledge, and they have more wisdom now, and they, they are growing, and they can do more things or better things because... Um, every time that you take a main action, like I said, in a temple, you will get, you know, older and your dice will grow from one to two, two to three, three to four and so forth. Um, there's, there's consequences to that. Um, if you have a three or four or five, your, uh, worker at the eclipse time, he will need more food. So instead of one cacao, he will need to, uh, but also it will give you better rewards in certain temple to make it easier. I'm not going to explain like all the all the, uh, the temples abilities and so forth and the wisdoms and all that stuff. But basically, every time that you go to a temple, you can do actions like, let's say you're in the wooden temple. You can, uh, if your dice is a number two or a worker is number two, you will get uh, one wood, let's say, right? If your dice would be a number three or four, instead of one wood, he will give you four woods. And if you had two dice on the same tile and they were like three and four, they will give you more benefits or more abilities or victory points or so forth. There's also on the temple places when you can log your, your worker or your die, and that's when you uh, do the wisdom to the gods. And uh, it usually gives you a reward right away, or you have to pay like one cocoa or one cacao for, for that reward. But also you can pay another one too, 
uh, worship the gods. And if you worship the gods, you advance another of your disc tokens into these different tracks that it can give you more resources, uh, more victory points, or more cocoa or cacao. And you, you once you lock your die, it's locked. So the important thing about locking dice is that it's very, very uh, helpful if you're trying to get more resources or more victory points. But the problem when it's locked is that you will need to spend a whole turn, like a whole action, to you know to liberate those guys that are, that are locked. So strategically speaking, sometimes it's better to lock all your guys, all your dice on different uh, temples, and then spend one turn to unlock them all. There's also a way that you can pay cocoa. I remember if it's three cocoa, I think, in order to uh, you know just uh, you know liberate them, and then you can do your normal action. But if you don't want to spend, you, it's better to just lock them all and then you know free them all. And also, um, you, the main thing of the game is once again getting victory points. And those victory points mainly are going to get from the trackers that you love your characters. Also, building the pyramid. Building the pyramid is very important. You will be building the pyramid. And every time that you go to that temple that allows you to uh, build a pyramid, it will have requis- requisite. I'm sorry. So if, if it's the first level, it will ask you a certain amount of stone. If it's for the second level, it will ask you stone and wood and so forth. So if you want to, the higher the level that you want to build in the pyramid, you will need to have more resources in order to build. Uh, but basically first, before you build the second level, of course, you had to have the, some tiles already built on the first level. Also, you can add decoration to the pyramid, which is like the steps. You can go to the temple with the decoration tile. And if you have, I believe it's gold on that uh, temple, you spend a certain amount of gold and you are able to place those tiles on the pyramid. Every time that you put something on this on the pyramid, it's very important because it gives you a lot of victory points. So that's another strategy. Yeah? And that's one of the things that I like from this game. Like you can win the game approaching completely different strategies. So uh, let's say you know one player can focus and their strategy will be in building the pyramid. And they only what they were going to do during the game is collecting wood, collecting stone, and that way they can go to the temple then and build the ter- the pyramid. Other players will try to get victory points by the different trackers. So they will be trying to get in temples, worshipping the gods, getting their, their characters logged, worshipping, and then advance on those temples, and then spending a turn to free those guys, and then do it again. But to do it again, you will need to make a whole round of the of the whole temples. Because like I mentioned on the inside the box, or for the setup, it's eight temples surrounding the big pyramid. And on each temple has a different ability. You have three characters three dice that they were moving around the temples but clockwise but you can only move your character up to three temples if that makes sense so it will be very hard let's say like this this turn i build a tile on the pyramid it will be very hard for me to be able to do it the next turn the following turn i will need to you know spend another one or two turns getting more resources and then going back or just spending one turn traveling back to that uh, temple that allows me to build a tile on the pyramid and there's Another temple that you can uh, try to get uh, technology tiles, and those are very important too, because every time, let's say, I acquire a technology tile, which one of the most important is that every time that we cross to the main temple, which is temple number one, uh, it gives you one cacao. So every time that you make a whole turn of the of the city, it will give you one cacao. And once you own that uh, technology, advanced technology, with combined with other temples, it can give you more victory points at the end of the game. There's also mechanics that you're trying to uh, get the rewards from the log temples or the or where you worship the gods. There's rewards there, like I mentioned, that usually they're for free or you have to pay one cacao. But there's um, Aztec masks over there. So if you have a certain amount of masks 
at the end of every eclipse, which I will mention what is an eclipse, um, you will get victory points. So you, you, the players will be doing those actions around the temple every turn. And every time that, uh, you know, the four or three or two players, depends on the amount of the people who are playing the game, finish the ter their turn, the sun advances or, yeah, the sun advances uh, one uh, number on the track. So it has a track, let's say, all the way to nine or ten numbers. So the moon will be on the number 10, the sun will start number one, it will be advancing. And once they meet each other on number 10, the eclipse happens. When the eclipse happens, you need to feed your workers. And if you don't have to feed you, if you don't have enough cocoa or cacao to feed your workers, you will lose victory points. Um, and that's how it's going to work. And then the next turn, that um, moon, instead of starting, at the, and let's say, on the tracker number 10, now it will start on tracker number 9, and the turn will be shorter. Now, how the this tracker will be affected, it's another strategy for a player to win the game. Remember that I told you that each player has a dice and it has it represents the workers and it's, it work it started at one, then goes to number two, number three, number four, every time that you do the main action on the board. Well, once you reach number five and you do the main action on the board, on the temple, I'm sorry, your character die. So never a die goes to number six. So whenever a die reaches number six because it's growing, the uh, the character dies. So automatically that die is gonna become a one. And it's going to go to the main temple, to the number one temple. But you will advance your, one of your discs or your tokens on the Valley of the Dead. Because on Teotihuacan, or, or the Aztec history of Teotihuacan, which actually is a, it's a true, um, I guess, story. Um, there is a Valley of the Dead. And it was because, you know, I guess it's, it's well common already that Mexicans, we celebrate or we see the dead a little bit different. So the Aztecs had the same way to do it. So every time that you're dying, you're getting your die more younger and you're getting victory points and you can get rewards from advancing on that Valley of the Dead. One of those rewards could be that you can bring another worker. So instead of having three workers around the city, now you have four workers around the city. Another reward could be getting victory points. Another reward could be like, well, you advance your other uh, disc tokens on the other uh, warship trackers. In that way, you can get more resources, more cocoa, more victory points, and so forth. So you can do different different things when you when your characters die, which is a good thing to die because if you're getting close to the eclipse part when you need to feed them, I mentioned before that if it's a number three, four, or five, they will instead of having instead of needing one cocoa, they will need two cocoas. So let's say the, the eclipse is going to happen in two turns, and you have all your characters in four or five, you better try to kill them or for them to die. In that way, you can have you can have now young workers. The eclipse come and you only need to spend one cacao per active worker, which is an, on number one or number two. So that's the other strategy part of the game. Like I say, on this game, it's happening a lot of stung, a lot of stuff during one turn. Other way that the uh, the players can advance that eclipse tracker is that every time, no matter what, no matter who, every time a character or a die uh, dies, I guess a worker die. Uh, the the sun is going to advance one on the tracker. So it's going to make the turn the whole round more shorter. So that's the other thing. Like some players just try to, on the first round, the first uh, round turns, I'm sorry, they try to get resources and whatever, and then vic some victory points, and they try to die. In that way, they can accelerate the round, not leaving the other players a lot of time to do their stuff. The eclipse happens. You need to feed the workers. Sometimes the other players they don't have the cocoa or whatever. And things happen, penalties, rewards, and all the kinds of stuff. It's a lot going on during the game, once again, during each turn, during each round. 
it really matters where you, what your uh, other players are doing because every time that you go to a temple, that's another thing. Every time you go to a temple, and let's say I'm the color red, so I'm go to the temple where I get the gold, and then uh, already a color yellow and a color blue die. That means two other players are there. Well, because there are two, there are two colors there already. I will need to pay two cocoa to the main cocoa bank resource. I guess you don't give it to the other players. You have you just have to pay the cocoa, and that represents uh, back on the Aztecs. Well, their main currency, one of the main currencies, was the cocoa. So that represents like you know they had to pay, they had to feed themselves in order to do that action on that temple or to worship or whatever. So that's what another mechanic that I like. So there's a lot going on in the game. Once again, it's hard to explain. I guess each temple and each ability and each stuff. Because there's a lot going on. But also, at the same time, that complexity and that challenging part of the game makes the game very unique and very, very good game. Work placement games sometimes, for me, is like, uh, at the level that I don't know if I will enjoy it. I don't know if I will decide to get the game to play it solo. But just as a side, for example, that's another or my favorite, I guess, kind of work placement game, Teotihuacan. Oh my God, it's it's that deep. I mean, it's a lot going on. Like you need to make sure that you know what each temple triggers, what each resource triggers, what each every time that you get a dialogue, what it triggers, what happened, the penalties, um, because it's going to come with a lot of tiles that you will set it up different every time. And just the board is going to be different every time that you play. It's going to be very randomized. So let's say, like, if in this game the gold temple was um, on, you know, the main temple is number one, and then the, the gold temple was just by its side, just by the right side, probably next game that temple will be on number all the way around from number one. Or things like that. It's going to be switching around. The tiles will be switching around too. So that's what makes the game unique and with a lot of replayability. Now, the solo mode, the solo mode of this game. Uh, I'm sorry, I forgot to, to mention how uh, how the game ends. So the game will end once again, once the final eclipse meet. So it will, you will play during three eclipses. So the sun and the moon meet this, the first time and you reset the tracker. But now the moon the sun, uh, the moon will be closer to the sun by one. And the third uh, round, it will do the same. So instead of starting number 10, now it will start number seven. And once, once they meet again, the game is over. The other, uh, uh, I guess the other... F- thing that can end that can trigger the end of the game i'm sorry will be if you build the main pyramid on the board like the big one if you build it that's it the game ends immediately doesn't matter if it's eclipse or not just the game ends i have played this game already probably i would say seven times and that hasn't happened <laughs> you know it's very hard i don't think i mean i will be really happy to hear from you amazing listeners either on our Facebook page or Twitter or on this podcast comments, if you have also finished the game, um, you know, building the main pyramid because I haven't seen it. I'm looking forward to try it. I actually was talking about one of my friends, you know, probably we should do a cooperative version on this thing and, you know, try to build the, the pyramid to see if we can make it But before the three rounds, but I have never seen it happen yet. And, you know, I would love for somebody to tell me, you know, I, I witnessed it. It happened because that's a very, that's a other, uh, way that the game can end that i don't think it's very very often that it happens anyway when you play the solo mode it's a com well it's not a complete different game but it works different it has different mechanics so i would say that it's a little bit more 
I don't know if more complex, but yeah, probably it is, uh, rule-wise. So, on the solo game, you're playing against another player that is called Teotibot, or Teotibot, or, you know, you will find the name on the on the rulebook, uh, and it it's another player that is there, but one of the things that they have to their advantages is that they don't need Cocoa to feed their workers, which is a big thing, because sometimes during the game you spend turns just getting Cocoas, no matter if it's solo or competitive, because once again, if you don't have Cocoa, you're not going to be able to do a lot of stuff, you're not going to be able to uh, feed your workers, mainly you won't be able to do nothing, <laughs> so you want Cocoa in this game, you want chocolate. Anyway, so this guy, Teotibot, uh, he doesn't need Cocoa, and if he gains Cocoa for some reason, he will get victory points gaining those co- for, for those Cocoas. So let's say if he, re- if he for some reason gets 10 Cocoas, he's going to be like, okay, you know what, I don't need this stuff because I don't need to eat chocolate, you know, I'm probably sugar-free, carb-free, or whatever you want to do. He's doing the keto diet, I guess. So he uh, gives his cocoa to the to the game, and he gets victory points. So he's like, thank you very much. I don't need the cocoa like you, my friend. Like you, you need to get cocoa for every single thing, which that makes it very difficult for a solo mode. Well, we like, we like difficult games, right? So anyway, he wasn't in cocoa. He would bring all his workers at the beginning. So he doesn't have anybody that can bring because of the value of the debts. And it's, no, 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 no. He has all his characters. Not like you, that you need to first make somebody die and then get the reward of bringing another worker and then you can have more workers. But guess what? If you have more workers, you need more cocoa, cacao, or chocolate. Anyway, he doesn't need it, which is a big advantage to him. He starts with resources, which is a big advantage to him. But the way that he plays is that you will place his dice on the setup. It will be different every time. You will place your dice on the setup too. And you will place a dummy dice, which there will be a number six. Once again, I mentioned there's never a number six dice on the game unless it's a dummy. So those dummy literally will gonna making your life harder, Henty Otiwakan. Why? Because you're going to place them on the setup as well, drawing tiles, telling you where they go. And once they're putting on temples, they don't move as all as normal. They move uh, every different uh, in different situations during the game. So, and anyway, if you go to a temple that a dummy is there, guess what? You need to pay Cocoa for that dummy. So, not only for your worker, for that dummy too. It's like if you were playing a four-player game with two players are dummy. One is uh, Teotibot, which he doesn't, he doesn't need Cocoa or chocolate. But guess what? You need. So, that makes the game harder, challenging, but amazing at the same time. Also, um, the main goal of the game, or it's, you know, to win by victory points... The same thing that you will do as a normal competitive game, you know, by the either you build <laughs> the pyramid, which is gonna be way harder against Teotibot. Not like if you're if you're playing with another guys or another uh, friends, but also uh, if you do the three turns on the eclipse. Now, how how Teotibot is gonna work is very simple and very nice mechanic which I like. You will set up a pyramid uh, of the resources or benefits that he will get. Like he will get benefits like construction, alchemy, decorations. Mastery, novels, worship, mask collection. So he will be able to trigger all those actions because he wants victory points. And how he's going to do it, it's like you will do your turn normally. You will go to temples, play cacao if you need, get the ability, grow your characters, getting victory points. But then once you finish all doing all your stuff, then he simply rolls a die. He rolls the two extra dice from the setup that he will have. He will roll those dice, which of course you will, you will roll for him because you're a, even after he messed it up with not needing chocolate like you, you still are a good friend and you will roll for him. So you roll for him, he dies, 
And according to the number that you get on those dice, he will trigger different actions. So the ones that I mentioned. So the, the, he built a pyramid of actions on the, on the side of the board. And depends on the number that you roll, he will do that action. And after he does this action, then you have a lower pyramid, a little bit pyramid below, that he will tell you how to switch those tiles on his pyramid. So in that way, the next time you roll the dice again, he even if he rolls the same number, he won't do the same action. So that's how you're going to be playing against him. He's hotter than a normal player. And at the end of the eclipse, of the third eclipse, if you have more victory points than Teotihuacan, hey, guess what? You win. If you don't have more victory points, well, Teotihuacan uh, proves that besides he doesn't need chocolate, he is the king of Teotihuacan. And, of course, the other uh, way that the, end can the game can end or can be finished is if you build... The pyramid, which once again is not going to happen with Teotihuacan. If you do it against Teotihuacan, please take a picture. And I promise you, I will put that picture on the background of the Facebook page. I will, I will put it as, as, the, as the, you know, the main picture on the Facebook page. I will put it on Twitter, also on the background. I will put it on the Instagram as the, as the logo for a week or something for a month. Because I don't think, I don't think it's, it's, it's you know, very easy to do. But if you do it, hey... I, I want to have that picture of you, like with the with the whole pyramid building and defeating Teotihuacan and telling him, like, even if you don't eat your chocolate, you know, I can I can eat all the chocolate that I want. That's why I'm fat and full of sugar, but I can win this game of Teotihuacan. Anyway, that was the solo mode of Teotihuacan. This game is amazing. This game plays very complex, but once you have a few rounds, you will get it, and then that complexity will go lower. And the part of being focused on the game and very being very strategic about the game, it will come to play. So if you're a person that you like a strategy a lot and you're always looking forward what's going to happen on the next couple of turns, in that way you can succeed in the game, this is definitely a game for you. But before we can talk about our thoughts and our final, uh, you know, I guess, review of the game, let's jump into my favorite section of the game. If, it's, if we rather play this game solo or cooperative, or in this case... Solo or competitive trying to destroy Totibot. So this is what we think about the game. Solo or cooperative. Solo or cooperative. Well, this is going to be short, but it's a good thing that it's going to be short because this game is fantastic. It's, I love it. It's, it's going to be on my top, definitely my top five of this year. You know, last time we talked about a call to adventure and it's a fantastic game too. Teotihu They're very different, of course, but Teotihuacan City of Gods, it's a fantastic game. Five stars out of five. It's great. I don't have any, any complaint against the game. I don't like cardboard tokens or tiles. I don't really care about this in this game because it's amazing. I, I like it a lot. I love it. I'm so happy that I got a copy. If you haven't had a copy of Teotihuacan, what are you doing? Go right now. Well, after the show, after the show go to your favorite gaming store or to Amazon or wherever you want to go and just, you know, get the copy. Because you won't regret. Daniel Tassini did a good job. David Turksey with the Solomon did an outstanding job. Oh my God. I don't have anything wrong to <laughs> say about this game, honestly. I mean, what I will do, they're going to be releasing, I think, on the summer I saw. Uh, the new, uh, you know, the resources of cacao. In the in, in, instead of being uh, cardboard, they will be wooden tokens. I will get them. That will be, I guess, if you want me to say something that I don't like about the game... That would probably be like the cardboard. But I would get my chocolate in the wooden token, so I don't care. It's, it's a great game. I recommend it a lot, honestly. And surprisingly, the price, the retail price, 
It's not as expensive as you think with all the things that you're getting on the game. Like, you know, if you compare this to Side, which is a very good game also, the retail price, I think, is around $79 or $80, close to $80 or something. And, of course, it has minis and all the stuff. But I, I compared it because, for me, I had this kind of similar feeling, but just this is with Aztecs, you know, against uh, Empire and all Max and all the stuff, like, like on Side. But this game, I think the retail price is like 50 bucks. It's a great price. If you liked, I haven't played Sulkin in a while, but I know that Sulkin, Sulkin players also love Teotihuacan, the ones that have tried it. So if you like Sulkin, get it. If you're a player that you like to plan your strategy, get it. If you're a player that you like competitive games, get it. If you're a player that you like solo games, mainly for solo, get it anyway. It's very good. You won't regret. It's a great game. Like I said, it's going to be on my top five of this year. I don't have anything wrong. Uh, the weight of the game, I guess, if we go in complex in complexity, I'm sorry, speaking, is probably heavy. It is it's very very complex. But at the same time, when you learn it, you're very proud to learn this game and to play this game. You will have a lot of fun. You will enjoy it. Your game nights will be great. Now, I understand this. Probably this game is not for everybody because once again, the in order to learn, in order to to get the game, it will take you a little bit. Or like in my case, it was. Or like sometimes, you know, we we just want to play games and. We don't want to worry too much about the rules. And, and that's fine too. Probably this game is not for you. But if you like those things that I mentioned, you will love this game. You will enjoy this game. Um, honestly, a lot of people say, well, probably you like it because, you know, because it's the theme from the Aztecs. And I No, even if this was from, I don't know, South Africa or even if it was from Germany or from uh, India or from Egypt or whatever, I will still like the game. It's great. It's very well designed. It's the mechanics plays well. You will never have the same games. Never. The, the, the board will be changing. And I'm looking forward for more expansions. I can see more expansions coming for Teotihuacan City of Gods. Anyway, those were my, th my thoughts, I'm sorry, of the game. I like it. I love it. I recommend it. Definitely on my top five for this year. Uh, before we say goodbye, thank you all for your support that you've been giving to the show. Um, I want to give uh, two news. First one, at the time that we're publishing this um, this episode, it's a weekend before the Avengers Endgame uh, movie premiere. So next week, the episode will be about Thanos Rising, another good game that it has a lot of controversy because a lot of people didn't enjoy. I did enjoy, and I will talk about that game next weekend. In that way, it correlates with Avengers The Endgame. Also, uh, it's going to be soon on Kickstarter, a new game from the designers of Street Masters, Adam and Brady Sadler, which they're very, very uh, nice people, very nice guys. They're going to be releasing their new Kickstarter, uh, Alter Quest. And we're also going to be recording a show with them to talk about that game that is going to come to Kickstarter, which is, so far, all I have seen about the game, it's amazing. If you like dungeon crawling, if you like, you know, that kind of theme, like adventurous and, you know, doing different things around the dungeon, I guess, this is a game for you. And I'm looking forward to try it because the Street Masters, I love it. Brook City is a very good game too. And I'm pretty sure that Alter Quest is going to be great again. The Kickstarter is going to come soon. So anyway, we will have that episode with the with the Salder brothers to talk about that Kickstarter. And who, who knows, probably some uh, some gifts for you amazing listeners. Anyway, those were the main two news that I have for you tonight or today. And also, I encourage you to go to Facebook and follow us on Facebook at Solo BG Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Solo BG Podcast. Any concerns, any questions, any comments, or that picture of the pyramid bill that I mentioned before, you can send it to solobgpodcast at gmail.com. 
Anyway, I'm super excited. You know what? After this episode, I'm going to bring to Tihuacan to the table and I'm going to play it again. And I'm going to try to defeat Teotibot because that's it. I'm, I'm tired of being defeated by Teotibot. I'm going to defeat him this time. As always, thanks for listening. And like always, remember... For victory, go tell your friends. Till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop. 